Are you are you uh, kidding or are you being serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good opportunity to uh, explain to the listeners what we're doing and also um, also recap it for ourselves. So, listeners, hello, welcome, thank you for listening. Uh, this is a show, a podcast called The Vegas Gang. We do it whenever we feel like it, which lately has been less frequently. Um, but here we are. Today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, in our ever, ever uh, widening search to uh, come up with wacky ways to uh, spend your time, um, we have a special event. Uh, each one of us is going to throw a topic out uh, for discussion. The total time for discussion is capped at 10 minutes. Uh, I will be the official timekeeper. Uh, at the end of the time, you if uh, people are talking, they will be unceremoniously disrupted. Uh, and we will move on to our next topic. If the topic that you pick and bring forth does not have enough content to fill 10 minutes, you will fill the remaining 10 minutes with something horrible. Uh, this is meant to be incentive to have good topics. So uh, I will make you sing a song or something. I don't know what it will be, but trust me, you won't like it. So do not <laughs> let it happen to you. Um, those are the rules of our game. Uh, who wants to go first? No takers. Okay. Excellent. Uh, I will go first. All right. I am starting the timer. Now, 10 minutes and counting. Okay, so I listen, as many others do, I'm sure, to the Vegas Tripping Podcast. Great show, Chuck and friends. I enjoy it. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite shows. I really like it. Um, but your last episode, I found myself wondering if things have maybe gone a little bit too far. Uh, there was uh, the last, I believe it's still the last episode, Yard Sale. Um, it was uh, very fun. I definitely recommend people listen. But there was a, a long-ranging discussion of Steve Wynn and Wynn Resorts Paradise Park development uh, and uh, what's going to be coming and what it means for the world. And so uh, my, my general takeaway, there was a lot of Wynn hating in this episode, a lot, of, a lot of questioning, and not just questioning like what is going on and this might not work, but basically, um, in my opinion, uh, piling on, perhaps. Um, Come on. And we're talking about, well, see, you can refute this in just a minute. Uh, we're talking about a guy that has a long track record, that has a huge set of uh, of colleagues at the company that also have distinguished track records. Are we maybe being, uh, you know, foreclosing the possibility a little bit too soon that uh, this actually might work out better than we think? Um, so, what do you think, Chuck? I, you know, you were uh, you were the uh, you were running running the show as as much as you do on that show. Um, over there, uh, did you get any of this feeling? It really, it really felt like uh, what I, what I, my takeaway was. It feels sort of like, uh, like a ganging up, like a piling on, like um, you know, we should give this guy a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. Has it become fashionable to to hate Steve Wynn? What, what's going on? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm prepared to refute what what all these dudes were were talking about, and I know I had some of it in there as well. But uh, the, the I think the basic point being is that the uh, the concept of the Wind Paradise Park uh, is not fully baked. It's not fully understood. It's not fully baked. Perhaps they haven't explained it as well. 
right? And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've listened to that show, and I don't even think I did listen to it. I think I edited it and posted it. So you have a, you certainly have an advantage here upon me uh, based on whether or not I can get in, involved in an argument about it. But, uh, you know, there comes a time, and, and I've reached that point in this response as well as my career, uh, where things become obsolete. There is no... Uh, point to further going. Uh, has Steve Wynn reached that point? I don't necessarily know. I don't think the Wynn Paradise Park concept is 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 done yet. Whether or not this means it's time to throw dirt on Steve's grave, eh, I'm not sure if, if, if I'm ready to do that. But I don't think he's figured out the Paradise Park concept and the fact that he's throwing this out to the humanity uh, as sort of a public discussion, I think it kind of proves it. If he was fully sure about his idea, I don't think he would spill it out there so much. So I agree with you that the rollout is odd. And I, you know, you could, there's a lot of things you could infer about it, especially given some of the other negative press around him and his ex wife and what's going on there. Uh, maybe as a counter narrative. I don't know if that was their strategy or not, but they've definitely never rolled anything out like this before, um, especially a project that their board of directors hasn't even approved. So it's like not even technically a thing. Um, and I am not here to say that I think the Wind Paradise Park concept as articulated is genius masterstroke. I would suggest everybody go read the, the analysis that you wrote on the site after the event, because I thought it was very persuasive and cogent. Um, but my concern is that doesn't this guy deserve the benefit of the doubt? We we know that uh, we there are lots there are many things that we don't know. Um, but instead of looking at his long track record of success uh, and saying, well, you know, I'm sure he's probably going to get this stuff figured out because that's what he's done in the past. Why are we now saying no? I think it's probably sucks. Tell me why? Are you asking me? Yes. Tell me why do you hate Steve? Why Wynn? is it I didn't realize that this segment was going to be let's grill Chuck. No, I, 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 I Dave, this I, was open discussion for everybody. It, 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 no, are it you now, is. or have you ever been <laughs> of Dave? Exactly. Dave, don't do you think for the Steve, translation, Mister Ambassador? Dave, right. do you think that Steve Wynn deserves the benefit of the doubt with Wynn Paradise Park? I think generically he does. He, I the cast students were in town, so that's the London MBA students, and we heard some people talking about the project architects and they really thought it was great you know more so they they seem really bullish and these are people that know a lot about this stuff so maybe what why why were they bullish about it they they just thought that it was a really good way for him to tweak what he has to expand his offerings and they thought it was going to make a lot of money really so one of the points that was raised was like who's going to pay for this and uh, Who's going to go and like watch someone else water ski? And it, there's there's a, definitely a lot of a lot of practical questions around how this will all work uh, that were brought up uh, in that podcast and in various articles and stuff. Lots and lots of questions, um, and there d- there did seem to be quite a few sort of holes in the uh, in the overall the overall concepts. Um, but again. Eh, Yes, sure. This thing is miles away from being uh, a complete thought. Um, so is he really guilty of anything other than maybe uh, rolling it out before it was really more more fully baked? I, I'm not so sure. I, I, I am 
hoping to avoid uh it it's you know it's fun to it's fun to give somebody a hard time and i just i'm worried it's become fashionable to dislike steve Wynn, and as such we are we are colored by this attitude you know the thing one of the things that he mentioned at the top of the sh- of that show that steve Wynn show was the poor people rich people hate to be around poor people poor right. people yes. hate to be around that kind of thing right that sound bite he, right that sound he, bite he instantly uh you know portrays his and he aligns the property, and I mentioned this in the post. He aligns the property with a Louis Vuitton, Hermes, this kind of very high end retail, right? Yes. Uh, he, through his own conjuring, there's no data that really lines these things up. This is these are the brands that I like to think about when I think about my hotel, right? There's nothing in in the in the food. That makes it this on the same level as uh, Louis Vuitton. There's nothing in in the hotel room that makes it the same as Louis Vuitton. There's no direct data that connects those two things, other than he lets them pay rent in his building. Okay. Right. Right. I guess. I mean, I probably you could probably argue that, but you mean like but in at terms the same of- time that this that's just the, the first at the same point he's saying luxury, 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 uh-huh. and then he basically says this is a mass market. Right. He doesn't say it, but he's saying there's whatever ten million people come to town every weekend. Uh, they all need something to do, and they will all all the people in Las Vegas, a pretty good percentage of them are going to be willing to pay $20 each to walk around a park. And this is going to, you know, this is going to perpetuate the luxury and the mass market. He wants things both ways. He wants to be intimate and he wants to be mass market spectacle. Mm-hmm. He wants to be luxurious, but he wants to be of the people. And I have questions, you know, about whether or not those two things can happen at the same point. And the issues that I have generally with the idea of putting a hotel and a giant park and a water park and all this stuff that's very kind of targeted for mass market people in the back of a luxury hotel is that it's going to overload the uh, the structure of the building, the feel of the floors, the hallways. There's going to be more people in the building than the building will be able to handle. Mm-hmm. And that in hmm. itself is going to create uh, – the opposite of luxury. People who like luxury do not like to be in crowds. Sure. I don't disagree with any of what you just said, except, and you, it, may, it may be irreconcilable, but given his track record, maybe he can figure it out. That's what I'm saying. Maybe so should we give Steve the benefit of the doubt? Is that yes, he can be Walt Disney and, uh, you know, whatever super exclusive guy at the same point? I. I think it's possible. I think I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand. And the impression I got, at least in the discussion on the podcast I mentioned, was that it was sort of dismissed out of hand as ridiculous. So that was my takeaway. I want to make sure that we give Steve Wynn, you know, he's the little guy. He does. He needs our support. <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, he uh, uh, that, uh, you know, that things work out for him. I'm worried. I'm worried about Steve. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Time's <laughs> up. Perfect. Time's up. All right. Well, that forecloses our discussion about how needy Steve Wynn may be uh, for our support. Uh, who's next? I want to talk about parking. Let's go. 
not really. I don't really want to talk about parking, but I want to talk about, and then this is, uh, I want to talk about the Las Vegas media reaction to the paid parking thing. Uh, last week, he uh, leaked out all the details of VT, as in we, we leaked out all the details of the paid parking and whatnot. And within 12 hours, the MGM PR machine was on the scene. Uh, they sent out an email from Gordon Absher, who's the VP of Public Affairs, what have you. Um, they, uh, and the next day, the next morning, um, Rick Velada in the RJ, he was the first one I saw to write an article, and it said the headline and the basic message of it was locals park for free for now. A couple hours later, JD Morris at the Sun, he published an article, and it said, Locals park for free for now. Right? Neither of these guys gave any context to the story. Uh, Rick Vallotta, uh mentioned an old Stutz article before he retired. Uh, an old Stutz article where Murren was surprised by the backlash. Um, and uh, J.D. Morris linked to a... Uh, the fuck you MGM Facebook group is the anti-parking thing. Neither of them mentioned the profit growth plan. Neither of them did any analysis. And this is the business section of the newspaper. There's no context or analysis or reasons why. So it, it got me thinking. Um, not sure if there's any question here, but uh, I did a little searching. And MGM's profit growth plan, which is what this is part of, the parking fees, the monetization of the parking structure, uh, the profit growth plan has been mentioned three times in the review journal. Twice was when they quoted the investor analysis and once was mentioning that Jim had mentioned that they were going to do a profit growth initiative. They never used the, the words. Uh, it is, and this has been since October. They've mentioned it three times. Three words. Uh, it's been mentioned four times in the Sun, twice in related to the parking thing. And this is, I think, all these articles were by J.D. Morris. Okay, uh, kind of interesting, right? So I'm, I'm curious. Not only that, how these two reporters. Rick's an older guy. JD's uh, seems like he's fresh out of school. Younger guy. Uh, they work at different newspapers. They have completely different styles of writing. Um, but they both came up with the same lead for the story. Locals park for free. Not only that, all the TV stations, their lead on the story, locals park for free for now. So, listen, I don't get the MGM public affairs PR emails anymore. They scrub me from the list. I don't get their PR stuff from Curve and Doke. Uh, I've basically been blocked out of all this stuff. So, my, my question and wonder 
is how long, in, in context of this and the sun being in the state that it's in and the Review Journal being in the state that it's in, does Las Vegas have the fourth estate? Does it even exist? Is there a press in that town that will ask questions? Does anybody que- ask questions? And wh- you- what is going to happen to the society if it continues on this trajectory? Are you going so far as to suggest, and I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me if this is not what you meant, um, to suggest that that like they are literally just posting whatever MGM tells them to? Well, you know, that's kind of what I'm sort of asking. You know, I didn't get the email from Gordon, so right. I, I don't know. I didn't read it. But it's how could it be that that all of these media outlets owned by different companies, different corporations within the same time period, all said locals park for free for now. Like mm-hmm. that's the most advantageous thing. That's what it seems like of all the stuff that was in the list of stuff, that seems like that's the message MGM would want the locals to know. Right. Dave, uh, you know, you, you probably have, you know, some of these people, maybe some better than others, but you, you know, so you, you maybe have some more insight into into this. And e- even if you don't necessarily uh, have any specific information, I mean, what's your take on this? I'd be really curious to hear from you, someone that, you know, as an academic, but also someone that participates in, writes a column for a, a weekly magazine. What What's your take on this? Brondo's got what plants crave. <laughs> okay. It's got uh, what plants crave. What do you mean? Okay. So, a quote. but it's got what plants crave. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> was that too um, idiocracy? Quote. You know. Yeah, but was it too uh, opaque there? Probably. You know, I'm looking at the. I'm look, I didn't get any PR email. I just got the email as a local person who's a card holder, and they lead. It's surprising they didn't lead out with a ninety million dollar parking strategy upgrade and all this stuff and just was reading through this and it's very interesting because it does stress that self-parking will remain complimentary through December 29th. So that does seem to be what they're leading with for the locals at least. So everybody within Nevada zip codes in the M life database got that email. I guess. Does it say M life rewards on the top of it? It doesn't. It says it's from Las Vegas at hotel.mgmresorts.com. And there is M Life stuff at the bottom, and it's from the chief experience officer. And I just noticed this because Tim's came from somebody else. I forget who it was, but we were on Twitter. His yeah, his his came from somebody else. So it seemed somebody like s- s- yeah, salmon. I've collected these emails. Yeah. So. so yeah, mine was from the chief experience officer, and it's just. And uh, yes, they talk about breaking with tradition, but the town has grown so much that. They need it since they no longer have. I love this. The environment in Las Vegas has changed dramatically in the decades since amenities like low quality dining, lodging, <laughs> free parking were offered to attract customers. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm guessing that like uh, Nat Hart's spirit isn't too happy about that. Or the guys at the candlelight room or Sultan's table, <laughs> those kinds of places. <laughs> is, is this town owned by the casinos? Do they own the media? You know, that's kind of the, and I don't know if it's a question of owning it or just that 
Well, you know, look where you get if you ask too many questions. Where do you get? I don't mean like me. Tell me, tell me where you get if you ask too yeah, many questions. You get where John L. Smith is, I think. Okay. Retired. Yeah. And I think it's difficult. If somebody is just the beat reporter, it's very difficult for them to go out and do the kind of stuff that you can do in VT, I think, because they're so enmeshed here. Is that healthy for Las Vegas? Probably not. Society? Probably not. You know, if you're looking at it, but what is healthy? Is healthy just getting the industry to grow? Yeah, it is. You know, is healthy having a gadfly? You know, somebody who's going to ask those difficult questions? Probably not. It, I mean, I, you know, I have no evidence to support this claim, but who needs evidence? <laughs> um, I, my, my impression has always been that, you know, it's very much what it seems like. Uh, it, it, my impression has always been that it's very much what your sort of basic conspiracy theory would suggest. That, uh, you know, nobody wants to say anything bad about the people that are feeding them. And so, you know, they like going to openings with cool food and free booze and they like access to write these stories and they sort of pat, so, sort of pat each other on the back. And that's that's the way that it goes. And so we don't see any hard hitting anything. I mean, uh, other than other than issues where it was like impossible to ignore or you maybe had a reporter that. Um, really went above and beyond, uh, like the stories about the construction worker death stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they're definitely treated with the uh, kid gloves. That's always think, been my impression. What do you think Jeff would say? Jeff would, I think Jeff would be upset. I think he would say, I, I mean, honestly, you probably could go back and find him saying this then. I'm not sure how much any of yeah. this has actually changed. Oh, time expired. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Charles, for playing our game. Next up, Dave Schwartz. What do you have for us today, Dave? Well, speaking of asking those those hard-hitting questions and all that stuff, I want to talk a little bit about esports and where casinos are going. And this is going to be a little bit... Well, I mean, like almost everything I say is a little bit weird, right? So it's going to, I might, if I get too far out there, just ask me to connect the dots because a lot of this is going to be kind of free associating stuff. So a couple of things that happened to me. So Friday, yeah, I was at the Gaming Policy Committee meeting for Nevada and they're talked about esports and they had esports people come in. Seth Shore came in and talked about what they've done at the downtown grand, which I've known about, but I said, you know, I'm, I want to actually get down there and see it. So I went down there to the, uh, what's it called? Got to get the name, right? Hold on a second. Man. T- and time is ticking away. Okay. So, but I'm not going to have to sing. So I went down to the <laughs> The Downtown Underground Esports Lounge, wow. which is run by Leet, which is an outside company. It's two local guys oh my from God, Vegas. It's, it's called Leet? L-E-E-T? Yeah, Leet. Oh my yep. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's run by Leet in the space that used to be the high-end the high end pit there, kind of on the side of the casino. And it's really, you know, you can tell they just moved out the Bach tables and blackjack tables and put in about a dozen or so. PCs and a couple consoles and some cool stuff. So went down there. You're going to write about this in seven, interviewed the guys, saw what they were doing, saw the tournament. And I came away thinking it was really cool because number one, 
and I say this as somebody who spent too many hours watching people gamble when I was getting paid to watch people gamble, doing surveillance, watching people play video games is a lot more engaging to me than watching them gamble. Hmm. Number nice. one. Yeah, just purely, you know, you can kind of, yeah, watching other people gamble is just not that interesting. I agree with you there. Or they lose. And I'll tell you again, doing surveillance, like the most agonized people I think I've ever, ever saw in my life were the people at like three or four in the morning who are ready to go home and their friends weren't finished gambling yet. And they're just sitting at slot machines and just like, "Uh, let's go. (laughs) So it was, it was really cool. And it was kind of a little bit of a different customer. You know, maybe a little bit younger, but not totally. Average age, I think, is 27. And it seems like this is something that it's something that I would actually want to do. It's $15 entrance fee to go there. You have a chance to win. It's two-person team, so you have a chance to win half of $250 if you win the tournament. It does seem like a really cool thing. Very laid back. And I think that this is going to be in some part where the Vegas casinos are going. They're going to be offering stuff like this. Further backing it up is two seats down from me on the committee was Chuck's good personal friend, Jim Murren. Oh yeah. Hi Jimbo. Who offered some very interesting remarks at the end about what, you know, how they're considering this, you know, and I think they're definitely not going to be the first movers into this space. And I sound like such a, don't I sound like some kind of, Silicon Valley investor hustling yes. person. First, yes. it's just you know, yeah, you, you it permeates the skull. So I don't uh, think gonna, I don't think they're going to move into it now. But I think once the people like Downtown Grand have experimented with this, the big companies will move in just because it's going to be something that people want to do. And I don't know. And the question, so the question I had is, well, let me just share my observation. So people are going to say, well, that's not real sports you know it's just lame and i was thinking so going back like fifty thousand years ago when the first person decided to take those knuckle bones and roll them instead of throwing a spear or doing whatever they were doing didn't that seem like it was really lame do you think Hmm. like oh you know torgo no (laughs) you know chase boar torgo roll dice he lame that's like my best statement. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking, you know, um, Manos, the hands of fate there at Torgo, but that's, that's what came into my head. So it's, yeah, I'm thinking it's like the same. It's the, it's the evolution. It's the evolution of it. So hmm. what do you guys think? Is that. It's, has this, has this worked anywhere so far? My, my impression, and I'm very underinformed on this topic. Uh, but my impression is that it hasn't really moved the needle much so far. Is that accurate or am I wrong? Yeah. So here's, so talking to Seth, here's what it comes down to. Okay. It, pretty much it, the room, that space was not doing anything for them. Okay. <laughs> like if, in contrast to the rest of the casino. Yeah. <laughs> Again, let's, you know, let's, let's get, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Ah, so yes, that room right. in and of itself was not doing anything. So what are you going to do? Are you going to put more slot machines in it? In which case, you're just lowering your overall slot win. You know, you're just spreading it out more. So it's not like those machines are going to get you an extra $200 a day. They're just going to be siphoning it from other machines in the property. You know, you're going to turn it into a restaurant. Well, that's a pretty small space, and that's got a pretty big, whatever, expense, capital expenditures, CapEx. 
So, hey, they're giving it to these guys. They're bringing in people who are spending some money on food and beverage, and it's really cool. So the top prize is $250. Second prize is a set of steak knives. Seriously? <laughs> are you kidding? I'm, I'm very joking. Third prize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross there. Second prize yeah, yeah. was, I think, $25 food and beverage. Third prize was 5,000 loyalty club points because you need your card. So this kind of, they're getting the people into the, into the club and they do a little bit of food and beverage spend. And also maybe a couple of people and Seth, you know, I can't honestly can't remember what he told me and I don't want to misquote him, but you know, some of the people will go out afterwards and they'll play the table games. Mm -hmm. Nobody really plays the slots, but they will play the table games afterwards. So it seems like it's a net positive. And that's again, the first time they put slot machines in a Las Vegas casino, they didn't do much at all. And for, you know, 30 years, it was, well, that's just something for the little old ladies to play. That's not real gambling. Right. You know, then in the eighties, it turns out that is the real gambling. Okay. So I, I have a, I have a yeah. question. Can I jump in? Yeah. Uh, I want to know how does this exactly work? Is it just people are playing against each other on these games like like they do online or are there teams playing against each other and people in the audience are betting on it? Is it Okay, that's the other question is the betting part. So for right now, it's pretty it's just a tournament, so basically it's two two people tournaments there. So okay. you and me could sign up, we would play together head to head. And- no, we're playing against other people. So it's two versus two. So yeah, we're playing against other two two two. team. And then I think it's a double elimination tournament. So if we get knocked out, we get a chance to redeem ourselves. So that's, that's what it is. And at the end of the night takes about two hours or so end of the night, winning team gets $250 second, or then they do the raffle for other stuff. And how many teams are involved in this tournament? Do you say 16 teams or is it no, just four no, people? It's much smaller. It's much, much smaller. smaller. It's about a ha- it was about a dozen people when I was there, although that was a slow night because they also had this level up conference going on, where which was also doing its own tournament, which was a lot bigger. It was kind of a small night. I think they had forty people for the Madden sixty four tournament. And they had to turn people away. Is there a tournament like a tour of these types of events? Yes. Okay. So if you do it, so that's doing it here at this thing. This is just like your local. One, if you're doing it in these big tournaments, they build up to, they have different seasons. So they just had the spring finals in Las Vegas for North America, where supposedly they had over 10,000 people in the audience watching it. So that, and that's for League of Legends. So now how do you bet on this? You can do, so you can, the way they do it, mostly kind of in a gray market now is some people will bet head to head against other people. Other people will do back betting on them. Now, one of the really interesting talks at the policy committee meeting was them showing us. So Andrew Burnett, the head of the gaming control board kind of showed us the regulations and what they will have to do to get esports idol as a new thing. But then somebody said, well, if you consider that they're athletes, it falls under our, our existing regulations. So I'm expecting there will be a ruling saying that, well, since they're being covered by ESPN, da, 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 these are really athletes and it will be rolled in. Sportsbooks will be offering this probably within the next 12 months. So you'll be able to go to the win Sportsbook and put a prop bet on the Tacoma Neckbeards to win yeah. the championship next year. Yes. And <laughs> judging from what, what uh, Dr. Alamo, who another member of the, of the uh, P- 
committee was saying, I think they're going to restrict it to the big events. It's not going to be the little ones because the events where you have, you know, six figure payoffs, there's going to be less of a chance of match fixing or whatever you want to call it. It was really interesting. And, you know, like they have an anti-doping agency. Boom. Oh, what a way to end it. Nice job, Dave. I have to say, not that this really was a competition, but. Um, I have to say that uh, surprisingly, uh, if at the beginning of this discussion, you would have told me that your topic about e-gaming would be the one that was the most likely to continue on if we didn't have a strict time limits, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but I was wrong. You, uh, you definitely, there was some, uh, there was some gas in that motor and we could have gone on for a little while to learn more. So I guess that's a, that's a good sign for your upcoming article, which, uh, I recommend folks read, even though it's not written yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure it, it's amazing and you're going to love it. It'll be okay. I just have to get it out of my head. It'll be so, it's in there somewhere. What do you guys think about this? I don't know if this is a, this format, was this a good idea, a terrible idea? I'm, I'm not totally sure what I think, but uh, any immediate reactions? Are we I still on? Was, 